Welcome, and thanks for listening to the New Life Christian Ministries podcast. If you'd like more information about New Life or for more podcasts and other media, go to newlifexn.org. Some of you are here for the very first time today, and when you walk through the door of this building, even though Pastor Ismail thinks it's a very Blaine Templo, a very Blaine, a good church, a good church building, some of you came in and said, this doesn't look like a church. You walked into this room and you said, where are the windows? There are no windows in this room. I mean, most churches have windows, and some churches even have stained glass windows. Why are there no windows? Well, there are two reasons why there aren't any windows in this room. Number one, this building, the whole building, this part and every other part of this building is ultimately a youth building. This building is going to be used by young people, and they're going to be kicking balls and throwing balls and stuff like that. Windows aren't a good thing when you're kicking balls and throwing balls. That's the ultimate building use here. And a year ago when we built this building, we moved in and we were saying, you know, this is just going to be the youth building. There's going to be the uh, children's ministry and gym and there's going to be the worship center. Some of you are like, yeah, right. uh Uh-huh. But this past Tuesday, there were 87 middle schoolers in this room. And when they broke into, I think you could clap for that. And when they broke into their small groups, they were using every room in this building. So this building's already a youth building. And we, we, we're going to need the other buildings. But, so that's number one reason. The second reason why this room has no windows is because it is used for indigenous worship. When we started New Life, we decided to have indigenous worship. Indigenous just means it uses the language, the dress, the technology uh, of the people. And uh, so we look at how y'all dress, and then we dress like that. So when I said to Pastor Ismael last night, no necesita corbata, you don't have to wear a tie, he was very happy. You know, no necesita corbata. You don't have to have a tie when you come here. We dress like you dress. We use the same language that everyday people use. We don't, you know, I went to seminary so long that if I wanted to, I could even confuse myself when I talk. But I don't try to do that. I try to use everyday language. We talk about the things of God in ways that everybody could understand. Because we do believe, we don't, we don't shy away from the fact that we believe that this is the word of God. This is the word of the living God. And as we said earlier, Jesus Christ is the only way to salvation. He came to die for sinners. And when we talk about that, we want to say it in such a way that everybody understands what we're saying. Because if you're offended by the good news of Jesus Christ, we at least want you to know what you're being offended by. Not by the way we talk, but by the truth of Jesus Christ. And if you came in the doors today and you don't believe that Jesus is God, that's okay. We respect what you believe, and we welcome you anyway. We want you to be here because we want you to be here long enough so that you will someday believe the truth that we believe, and we're going to stick with it until Jesus comes back or we go see Jesus. So that's the second thing that's different. The other thing I hope you noticed was different is the people that were already here that are usually here, they're excited to be here. You know, in some churches, they're not that excited to be here, but I have people coming in all the time. They say, Pastor Chris, I can't wait for the weekend every week because I'm so excited to be here. It's the best day of my week. I have people coming in and saying, I haven't felt the Holy Spirit like I felt him here in many, many years. And that's another difference. And we're excited that you're here. One of the things that is not indigenous, and we do it unapologetically, is we celebrate the Lord's Supper. There are some churches that won't celebrate the Lord's Supper at a weekend service because they don't want the people that are not believers to be offended or to feel left out. And we don't want you to feel left out and we don't want you to be offended, but we believe so fervently the things that Jesus tells us are true that we do them. And one of the things he says is we're supposed to remember his death. 
And so every month, on the first weekend of the month, we celebrate the Lord's Supper. We don't celebrate it the other weeks, but this is the first weekend of the month, so we celebrate the Lord's Supper. Now, I tell you all of that simply to introduce today's message, which is going to be the shortest message I've ever preached, starting now. Okay? It's called Belonging 101. Belonging 101. And it is the conclusion of a 10-week series called Live Like Jesus. And the thing that we're going to talk about today that's so crucial is that Jesus Christ never saw anybody that he didn't want to belong to him. Every person Jesus ever met, he never said, there they are. He said, hey, there's one of us. Let's go get him. Let's go get her. Let's bring her. Let's bring him into the group. Let's, let's have everybody be part of the family because Jesus wants everybody to belong. Now, that's different than in some churches. Because in some churches, when a new person comes in the door, the first thing that happens is everybody goes, whoa, we haven't had one of those for a while. I wonder if they're gonna behave like we behave. I wonder if they're gonna believe what we believe. Because if they behave like we behave and they believe what we believe, well, then maybe we'll let them belong into our group. That's not the way of Jesus. In fact, today's take-home point, and for those of you who are first-time guests, we only want to make one point every week because we believe that one point made 52 times will bring 52 differences in a person's life every year instead of trying to tell you 20 things that you're going to forget and have no change. So here's today's take-home point. Jesus welcomes us to belong before we show any sign of believing in him or behaving like him. You see, to Jesus, the church was never going to be an exclusive club. The church was never going to be a place where only certain people could belong. Everybody's welcome to belong. Every time Jesus opened his mouth, he was welcoming people. In fact, even the people that Jesus had a hard time with, he still welcomed them. I'm talking about the Pharisees. We all have heard about the Pharisees if we've ever been in church before. And they were the people that were against Jesus. But Jesus loved the Pharisees. He went to dinner with Pharisees. He, one time a Pharisee came to him at night. A guy was named Nicodemus, and he started talking to Jesus. And Jesus just looked at him and said, you know what? If you want to go to heaven, you've got to be born again. And he welcomed Nicodemus to be born again, the same as he welcomes every person to be born again. So Jesus never saw anybody as them. There was only us to Jesus. And that's what we're going to talk about today by turning to the Gospel of Mark if you have your Bible, I'd encourage you to turn to Mark chapter 2. We're going to continue in Gospel of Mark. We've been there the last three weeks now. And we're going to start in verse 13. And we're going to read about a guy named Levi. I need to tell you something about Levi. He was a tax collector. Now, if there was ever somebody who was going to be a them, it was Mark. I mean, a Levi. Levi was a tax collector. Tax collectors in the Jewish world of that day were considered thieves and traitors. And when everybody saw a tax collector, they said, that is a very bad man. But Jesus didn't see it that way. Here's what Jesus did. Let's look. Mark chapter 2, verse 13. Then Jesus went out to the lakeshore again and taught the crowds that were coming to him. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Levi got up and followed him. Later, Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. There were many people of this kind among Jesus' followers. But when the teachers of religious law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he told them, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know 
They are sinners. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that Jesus came to call us because we're sinners. We thank you that we can belong to Jesus without ever knowing anything about him because he wants us to be his. And today we pray, God, that we will have that same spirit that he has, a spirit of acceptance and welcome to every person. This we pray in Jesus' name, amen. So as Jesus walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. Now Jesus knew he was a tax collector. Jesus knew that Levi, we also call him Matthew. He wrote the Gospel of Matthew later, but we'll get to that. But Levi, he knew Levi was a tax collector, not only because he was the son of God and he knew everything, but because he was sitting at a tax booth. So there he is, he's a tax collector, and Jesus says, hey, come follow me. Now, we might think, well, that was a nice thing for Jesus to do. He took this poor you know, uh, thief, this poor traitor, and he, he said, why don't you come be part of the group? But if you were there that day and you were a Jew, you would have gone, what? Is he out of his mind? What's he thinking? You don't ask tax collectors to be part of the inside. I mean, he was asking Levi to be a disciple. And what had Levi done to deserve it? Nothing. And that's precisely the point. You see, we don't have to do anything to deserve, to deserve being part of the family. We are part of the family because we're alive. In fact, Jesus didn't even care so much about that. He'd find dead people and bring them back to life and say, you want to be part of the family? If you're Jesus, the goal is not to find out what somebody believes, not to find out how somebody behaves, but the goal is to see, are you breathing? Then come and join the party. Now, Levi, you would hope, would have had enough common sense to say, I know I don't belong in that group. You know how there's us's and them's? We all know there's us's and them's, right? And, and Levi would have looked at that group and said, I, I don't belong part of that group. But Levi jumped at the chance. He got up and followed him. He, he left his money, he left all that other stuff. He jumped up and followed Jesus. And we know that he was, dis, he was very excited because look what he did next. The next thing he did says, later Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. There were many people of this kind among Jesus' followers. Now, isn't this interesting? Levi realized something. If Jesus asked him to belong to the group, maybe the rest of his friends could belong too. You know how that is whenever you get into a new group. You want your friends to be part of the group. So he calls all of his friends together. Now, these friends are tax collectors and disreputable sinners. I don't know what that means, but I know that's probably not the kind of guys and girls that we generally invite to dinner. And then it says in parentheses, there were many people like this among Jesus' followers. Jesus was gathering a bunch of misfits, a bunch of people who didn't dress like us, didn't talk like us, didn't act like us, didn't think like us. And everybody was welcome. And everybody was happy except for one group of people, the church people. The church people were not happy. In fact, what, we what we're told here is, but the teachers of religious law who were the Pharisees, the church people of the day, saw him eating with tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with such scum? In other words, why does he eat with them? Now, we can tell these are church people. You know why? Because they didn't go ask Jesus. They went and asked somebody else. That's how church people do. You know, They don't go ask you when they have a problem with you. They go ask somebody else. But Jesus overheard. And so here's what Jesus did. It says, when Jesus heard this, he told them, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. 
I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. Now that is a profound statement. It may seem like a simple statement, but it's a very profound statement. Jesus said, I didn't call people who already think they are righteous. I called people who know they're sinners. And in doing that, Jesus divided everybody up into three groups. You might say, well, Chris, I only heard two. No, there are three. There's the first group. These are the sinners who know they are sinners, the disreputable people, the people that know they're outcasts, the people that are them. And then there's the next group. They're the people that think they're not sinners. They're the self-righteous sinners. They're the ones who collect themselves together in groups and then they look at these other sinners and go, well, you know, I'm not like them, so I'm, I'm good. I'm a good person because I'm not like them. And Jesus said, if you're one of these people, I can't help you. I can't help you if you think you're good. So we need to listen very carefully because down through the 2,000 years since Jesus went back to heaven, the church has a lot of these people who think that they're already good enough and don't need anybody to help them. And they look around for the people who aren't good enough, the, the, the group over here, to uh, sort of look down their noses at. And what happens is Jesus said, no, here, listen carefully, listen carefully. I didn't come for you if you think you're already righteous, but I came for these people who already know they're sinners. And when they already know they're sinners, they can become the third kind of person. And that's this kind of person over here. This is the forgiven sinners. You see, you can be a forgiven sinner if you want to. That's why Jesus came to die on the cross so that he could forgive the sins of the, the sinners so that they could have their sins washed away and we could be justified. It's a Bible word I learned in second grade. It means just as if I never sinned. Just as if I never sinned and that's what I am. I was a sinner. I was in this group and I knew that since I was a little kid. I always knew I wasn't a good person. I mean, I liked punching my brother. And I mean, it felt good to punch my brother. And whenever he would do stuff, you know, I would punch him back after I punched him first or something like that. Okay? I knew that I wasn't a good person. And, and I did stuff all the time. And, and so I never really thought I was in this group. But I knew people in that group. And, and I would go to church with people in that group. And they go, oh, those bad people. And I'm like, wait a minute. That, aren't you one of those bad people? See, I was always confused as a little boy because I thought everybody was in that group. But then there was this group. So then here, here I got forgiven, and I'm in this group. And many of you in the room are in this group right now, forgiven sinners. And here's the challenge. The challenge is not to drift into this group. Because over time, we can forget that we came from that group. We came from the sinner group. All of us did. Because it says in Colossians, we were all once enemies of God. Every one of us. And, and if we drift into this group, then when people come through the door, we go, I wonder what they believe. I wonder if they're going to behave like us. I wonder if they're going to dress like us. I wonder if they're going to have music like us. Oh, that's the thing I forgot, too. Our music's different here. I don't know if you noticed that, but we sing different songs, and we play different music. And we have drums, and we have basses, and we have stuff I don't even know what the name of it is. <laughs> you know, but it plays music. And what we did was we listened to the radio and we heard this music on the radio and go, wow, that's pretty cool music. We should sing words with music like that because there's no such thing as Christian music. There's just Christian words. I hope you know that. There is no such thing as Christian music. When people say, we're going to go listen to Christian music. No, you're not. You're going to listen to Christian words with different kinds of music. Okay? All music's contemporary. It's just that some people are singing music that was contemporary in 1700 and 1800. We don't anymore. 
Okay? So anyway, I got a little tangent there, but let's get back here. Okay, so which group do we want to be in? Do we want to be the sinners who are sinning and we like sinning and we're disreputable sinners and we have that, you know, we're just waving the flag of sin. I want to live out here. Or do we want to go, oh, oh, those people, they're going to hell. I know that. I'm not going to hell because I'm a good person. Or do we want to be in this group? Oh, man, thank God I was going to go to hell. But now I'm going to heaven because Jesus died for me. And I'm not making fun of anybody in this group because it's easy to drift into this group. But here at New Life, our goal is to not be that group. Our goal is to be like Jesus. So forgiven sinners do what Levi did. What did Levi do? He said, hey, everybody, come to a party. I have a new friend. His name's Jesus, and he loves everybody. Do you believe it? So that's what we're going to do this week. That's the commitment for this week. The commitment for this week is on the, uh, put it up on the screen, right? There it is. I will invite someone to join us for worship or to a time of fellowship this week. This is the easiest commitment ever at New Life. Because I'm not asking to change your life. I'm not asking you to adopt some new belief. I'm asking you simply to do this. To invite somebody to worship next weekend or to invite somebody out for coffee this week or to invite somebody to sit at your lunch table at school this week to have an interaction with somebody because here's what happens. Levi was sitting at the tax collector's table and Jesus invited him to come to lunch. Well, actually, Levi invited Jesus to come to dinner after he became, okay. So they're together. And here's what happened. Levi started watching Jesus. He says, look at that. Jesus likes my friends. I never saw somebody like that because everybody's always been looking down their nose at my friends. Look at that. Jesus, he just healed that sick person. Look at that. Jesus just walked on water. Look at that. I think I, I'm starting to believe something about Jesus. I think that Jesus, he might be God. Because I've never seen anybody raise somebody that's dead. I've never seen somebody who can take blind people and make them see, who can make deaf people hear, make people that can't walk, walk. I believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And then you know what happened next? His heart changed. Because when our beliefs change, that's when our hearts change. And then he started behaving different. Levi wasn't a tax collector anymore. Levi's a disciple. Then he's an apostle. And then he's writing a gospel. Just think if Jesus had seen that tax collector, oh, that's one of them. It would be Mark, Luke, and John. There'd be no Matthew. What if Jesus had been walking along the Sea of Galilee and he saw two fishermen out there, James and John, go, oh, I don't want to be with them. Then there would just be Mark and Luke. There wouldn't be any Matthew and John. You see, Jesus sees everybody and says, wow, I got a plan for you. It's way different than you think, too. It's going to be good. I have good stuff for you to do. So what happens when you invite somebody to lunch this week and then you just show them the love of Jesus? Or what happens when you sit down at the lunch table at school with the people that nobody sits down with? You know what's going to happen to you, don't you? You're going to be labeled as one of them. Oh, do you want to be one of them? I don't know. I think you want to be one of us, right? So last thing, this is homework for don't do it right now because you could do it right now, but don't do it right now. Get out your smartphone when you go home. Google Jesus is. Here's what it says. Jesus is love. Jesus is the reason for the season. Jesus is just all right. Jesus is just all right. Jesus is Savior. Then Google Christians are. Christians are annoying. Christians are hypocrites. Christians are hateful. Now wait a minute. Jesus is love. Just all right. Reason for the season. Savior. And we're supposed to be living like Jesus, right? 
So if we're living like Jesus, wouldn't it say Christians are like Jesus? Christians are loving. Christians are just all right. So here's the goal. This is the goal. In the next year, on Google, when you Google Christians at New Life are, going to say, like Jesus. Okay? Hey, they clapped at the last service when I said that. I don't know if you can do that in a year, but it'd be worth a try, wouldn't it? And it starts with inviting people to belong and looking around and saying, hey, I don't know you, but I sure I'm glad you're here. Let's go to lunch and offer to pay. They'll go. (laughs) All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you so much for sending Jesus to do what we could never do, and that's to take away our sin. Thank you so much for accepting Matthew and John and Mark and Luke and everybody else that ever lived. Thank you for accepting us. And God, we pray with all of our hearts that you will give us your spirit so that we can be like Jesus and that we can see our world change because Jesus is in us. This we pray in Jesus' name, amen. I believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And then you know what happened next? His heart changed. Because when our beliefs change, that's when our hearts change. And then he started behaving different. Levi wasn't a tax collector anymore. Levi's a disciple. Then he's an apostle. And then he's writing a gospel. Just think if Jesus had seen that tax collector, oh, that's one of them. It would be Mark, Luke, and John. There'd be no Matthew. What if Jesus had been walking along the Sea of Galilee and he saw two fishermen out there, James and John, go, oh, I don't want to be with them. Then there would just be Mark and Luke. There wouldn't be any Matthew and John. You see, Jesus sees everybody and says, wow, I got a plan for you. It's way different than you think, too. It's going to be good. I have good stuff for you to do. So what happens when you invite somebody to lunch this week and then you just show them the love of Jesus? Or what happens when you sit down at the lunch table at school with the people that nobody sits down with? You know what's gonna happen to you, don't you? You're gonna be labeled as one of them. Oh, do you wanna be one of them? I don't know, I think you wanna be one of us, right? So last thing, this is homework for don't do it right now because you could do it right now, but don't do it right now. Get out your smartphone when you go home. Google Jesus is. Here's what it says. Jesus is love. Jesus is the reason for the season. Jesus is just all right. Jesus is just all right. Jesus is Savior. Then Google, Christians are. Christians are annoying. Christians are hypocrites. Christians are hateful. Now, wait a minute. Jesus is love, just all right. Reason for the season, Savior. And we're supposed to be living like Jesus, right? So if we're living like Jesus, wouldn't it say Christians are like Jesus? Christians are loving. Christians are just all right. So here's the goal. This is the goal. In the next year, on Google, when you Google Christians at New Life are, going to say like Jesus, Okay? Hey, they clapped at the last service when I said that. (laughs) I don't know if you can do that in a year, 
but it'd be worth a try, wouldn't it? And it starts with inviting people to belong and looking around and saying, hey, I don't know you, but I sure I'm glad you're here. Let's go to lunch and offer to pay. They'll go. <laughs> All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you so much for sending Jesus to do what we could never do, and that's to take away our sin. Thank you so much for accepting Matthew and John and Mark and Luke and everybody else that ever lived. Thank you for accepting us. And God, we pray with all of our hearts that you will give us your spirit so that we can be like Jesus and that we can see our world change because Jesus is in us. This we pray in Jesus' name, amen.